I really gotta get my shit together because we got notes to get through. Alright, so less Ranson arguing about the psychoses of the movie. This movie is a psychotic trip. Don't watch it. Wonder what this movie would be like, hi. What have you done? What what have you done? Oh I'm, my god, I'm... it's Nidalak! Well, you know. Now nah, nah, yeah, alright. <laughs> Sorry, podcast. I apologize. Was she really got excited. really excited. I saw it too. I just didn't. I I it's I been just a didn't minute. Yell about it. It's <laughs> been like, a minute. It's been a minute. I, it's been a minute. I'm really excited. Okay. There All we right. go. Anyways. Back to the podcast we're recording. Back to Oops, back to reality. Oh no. There is no reality in this movie. It's all terrible. Um So there's a fight in the temple in the Samurais with the machine guns, yes. Hang on, I have to remember my layers of reality. There's reality where everything's bad. There's the brothel where it's still bad, but not quite as bad. Then there's the dreams. The dancey world. The dance world. Okay, there's only... She doesn't go anywhere beyond that. So mm-hmm. there's only the three. There's mm-hmm. the three levels of the three levels of absolute insanity. Okay. Okay. Hi, this is Sitting Way Cinema, and this is Sucker Punch Part 2. We're really on top of it tonight, guys. It's been a minute. Uh, I have 40 notes to get through this episode. All right. Where did the old man monk go? We don't know. All right. Uh, where what, he goes in every kind... other fight. He just disappears. In every other every... fight, there's an excuse for where he goes. Either he doesn't go with them, or he doesn't go with them. They jumped out of the plane, he was on the plane, and then he wasn't on the plane later. I assume he is not real. Um, What kind of witchcraft dance was that? Uh, Because we didn't get to see it, and it mesmerized everybody. Uh, Sweet Pea just proceeds to continue being a negative Nancy about everything, and she's just committed to being a negative Nancy. Uh, And in almost the blink of an eye... Two full days have gone by in the five-day timeline before the guy gets there to do a lobotomy to uh, what's-her-face? Baby doll. Yeah, sure. And that's insane. That three days go by like in the blink of an eye. Like nothing happens for two days, and then it's like, oh, like we kind of got to do the plan or something here, guys. Like, Intro- holy shit. Introduction day, first dance day, rest of movie. Right, but the plan comes together on introduction day. No, no, the plan comes together on first dance day. Mm-hmm. That's when she gets the plan. And that's day two. So she's got three days. Uh, who did I said someone was the most egotistical dancer of all time. Sweet Pea? Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be. Because she's the only one that really does she's any like, other... She's like, your dance has to be personal. Like, what? No! No! Yeah, whatever she's... whatever Baby Doll's doing, that's the vibe. She's like... Just dissociate. It won't matter. It's not real. She says gyrating and moaning is not dancing. I, have you seen TikTok? <laughs> Clearly Sweet Pea hasn't. No, she's in the 30s. We established that. Oh, that's right. Durr. Carry on. Uh... They talk about the plan to escape, which I did put in just quotes, because mostly it's not a plan, it's just a riddle. Uh, Actually, it's just a list. It's really not a plan. It's the opposite of a plan. It's absolute, unadulterated chaos. It's just a gathering. Uh, yeah, this is a fetch quest, followed by another fetch quest, followed by another fetch quest, followed by another fetch quest, followed by a riddle that may result in the goal being achieved. Uh, also, so this plot is terrible. Baby doll would do fantastic on TikTok. I don't know. Um, not your so TikTok. They, uh, yeah, not she wouldn't be on my side of TikTok. Uh, the they just they talk about this plan and like how they're gonna do this escape mm-hmm. so loudly all the time, no matter where they are. It's crazy to me. Absolutely insane. Like you don't infiltrate somewhere you're not supposed to be and talk about how you're gonna destroy it from the inside. While you're there. That's a crazy thing to do. That's that's not a good way to achieve your goals. They are in a crazy mental asylum. There you go. Good job. You caught yourself. You work for the government. Um, <laughs> uh, she dissociates again. Now, this one, this dance, I don't remember what this dance was. Was this the dance for Is the lighter? Mm, the first dance? No, 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 no. 
the dance where they fought the Nazis. That was to get the, the map. map. The map. So they have to get the map. Find now the, the map. map. Find the map. Okay. Find the map. Find the map. Now, here's where things start to get trippy with plot holes. And they're only plot holes because there is not direct evidence in the right order for it to be true. So. Explain. Remember your three tiers of reality here. Yeah. We have reality. Mm-hmm. We have the dissociation, which is the brothel club fling. And we have the dance dreams. Throw that away for right now. We're not dealing with that. Your two levels of reality. In reality, the base layer, we know there's a map that's in an office. Whose office we're apparently unclear on. That's all you know. For a fact, that's all you know. It's implied later that it's the orderly's office because in this reality, in the brothel, it is stated that it is in his office. We saw it earlier. It's in his office. But... This cannot be trusted because this is a figment of imagination as a way of escaping this reality. So, man, this visual gag of the pyramid of reality does not play for the podcast listeners. I apologize, but that's just how it goes. I'm not saying it's not in his office. What I am saying is I don't know that it's in his office in real life. So, that's all. Now, in our brothel reality, where we spend most of the movie, the goal is get Oscar Isaac out of his office by making him go do the witness her do the dancey dance because guess what? Dude's a dude. He's going to be horny. So he's he also go clearly off. has fantasies about her in both realities, as is made clear. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's fucking weird. I'm not even going to make any bones about it. It's fucking weird. Um, he's a terrible orderly. Uh, so not uncommon. Yeah, yeah, not uncommon. In that that environment. Yeah, it's not uncommon. So they do the whole routine. Sweet Pea plays her part, gets him out, and sneaks her way in. And then she fucks everything up immediately. But we'll get back to that. Now, we're going into tier three, dreamland, for this dance. And you know what happens in this tier? Um, World War I in the year 2131. Because it's insane. And I, I literally wrote a note. I was like, the battle scene, I'm just ignoring entirely because the weapons don't make sense. Everything is, I mean, it's just a dream, so it doesn't matter. But They're also fighting cyberpunk soldiers. Yes, they're fighting steampunk <laughs> Nazis. <laughs> and dude, <laughs> the old guy is literally like, they're made of steam and robotics, so don't feel bad about killing them. Like, anyone would feel bad about killing a Nazi, ever. Also, Nazis were World War II. Yes, which makes it so confusing. Because they do a bunch of Nazi shit for being World War I Germans who aren't real, who are made of gears and steam. It's just a, it's a, a menagerie of nonsense. And I was like, I can't, I can't complain about anything I don't like about it because it's supposed to be nonsense. It's just but supposed it to be like bothers a video me game. so much. And it would bother me if I found that in a video game too. But that's just, it's a me thing. It's not a movie thing. It's not a movie thing. It's great to watch and look at. It's just a me thing that Someone's bothers me. Someone's getting really nitpicky about a history that we had to correct him on like four times I, in the I'm last not episode. With that. Um... Also, the plan that dude comes up with is awful because you know what you do when you go into no man's land? You die. You die in no man's land. That's what happened in the trenches. That's a real thing from World War One, where if you went into no man's land, you died because that's where the bullets are. The bullets go across no man's land. So you don't want to be in no man's land because that's where you go to die. You see where I'm going here with this? Is this is a terrible plan? And it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's a terrible plan on purpose because maybe her brain is literally going like, hey, maybe we should just die because that's better than what we're dealing with. You know, I didn't think about that until right now. But since we're dealing with a mental institution. Maybe that's the answer. Did I miss the point of the movie? Yes. Okay. Like four times now. Continue. Oscar Isaac puts on a performance of a lifetime in this movie. He acts his little ass off. It's great. If you didn't he know, he is so short. Oh yeah, he's just a little guy. If you didn't know Oscar Isaac before Star Wars, 
You need to go back to this movie. He was and in watch Star this... Wars? Yes. You need to go back to this movie. Uh, he was in Rogue One. Oh. Okay. I think. I think that's the one he was in. He... Yes. Um, okay. Anyways. Puts on a performance of the lifetime. I love it. Um, also, I made a point that, like, shooting scenes in front of a wall of mirrors is so hard. And so I appreciate how well they did it. There's good things I have to say about the movie. I'm telling you. I was like, James said a good thing. It, it's so hard to shoot in front of mirrors. And I just, from a technical standpoint, that's really difficult and frustrating to deal with. So good on you for doing it and making it look good. Couldn't you just make everyone wear green and then digitally edit them out? Yeah, but this is 2011. They didn't know how to do anything then. Um, this movie's 12 years old. <laughs> yeah, we were in high school. Um, so while this dance has been going on and everyone's being mesmerized by it, right? Sweet Pea has been charged with getting the map. Now, that's the whole plan. So she has to improvise a little bit here. And, you know, credit where credit's due, she has a good idea. What's a good idea, you might ask? Ah, brilliant. We'll make a copy of the map. Because someone's going to notice if it's gone. Of course. Someone would definitely notice if it's gone. So this is a great idea. Sure. Fabulous. Wonderful. So she takes the map down, makes a copy, puts the map back up. However, this is also 2011. Copiers get hot. In case you didn't know that. Uh, Copiers get hot now. Yeah. I mean, they haven't changed the technology in... 25 years. So. Not really, no. Right, why would they? It worked, so they may as well leave it. So, she makes a copy, and later, Oscar Isaac comes back to his office, and he leans up against the copier, and in reality, not like the pyramid of reality, but like in the real world where we live, I think if you are so caught up in your mind about how you're going to make so much money giving this girl to the high roller, you don't think for one second about what surfaces you touch being slightly warmer than normal. I think you're caught up in delusions, so you probably don't notice. Could be wrong. I mean, her spell kind of breaks when she's done dancing. Yeah, but he's in, he's in his own fantasies. In his yeah. office. Like, he's deep in his own fantasies. Yeah, that's kind he's of why toasting he himself. Back. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's like, toasting himself with wine. I don't think it's realistic for him to put his hand down and go, what the fuck? Unless he put his hand down, like, in something. Or if it was, like, really hot. If it was really hot, sure, whatever. I don't know but, how copy... That was, like, an ancient copy machine. Maybe I, I did get rid of it. I don't know. So he feels it, and he goes, what the fuck? And then in four seconds... This is where I have a problem, because I'm like... Sure, the copier is warm. Okay, that's weird. But, like, how do you immediately go to the map? Yeah, like, I'm, I started thinking to myself, because I wasn't paying attention, apparently, about, like, what I would do if I came into my office and I, like, just touched something that maybe I touch all the time and it's cold normally to my touch and it was warm. What would I do? Well, if I touch my copier and it's warm, I'm going to go, what did I make a copy of? And I'm going to go to my desk looking for documents. Right? Or... I'm going to look to see if there's documents on the floor or in the trash can or something like that. I'm going to look for evidence as to why uh, that makes sense as to why the copier or printer or what have you is warm. And he doesn't do that at all. He looks at the biggest document he can find that won't fit on an average copier and goes, clearly something is wrong here. So much so he pulls out spectacles that he doesn't use for the rest of the movie, puts them on takes a pin out of the map, and finds immediately that Sweet Pea fucked it up and put the pin in in a different place on the map than through the original pinhole. Now, if you're an intelligent person trying to do espionage, when you pull the map off to make the copy of it, maybe, just maybe, put it back exactly the same way you found it. Just an idea. Because if his first suspicion is to do that, and he pulls it down, and there's nothing wrong with it, he's going to put it back up and go, huh, fucking weird. And no suspicion will be aroused. But suspicion is aroused immediately for no reason, because Sweet Pea sucks. And he also figured that out immediately. Uh, then the mayor comes, so that we have to get the lighter. 
uh, which is going to be Jimmy Chung's job. Also, Amber is the only one who has like a real arc in this entire. Yeah, she has thing. a she has a well, no, Vanessa Hudgens has a character arc too, and it it's to goes... ruin everything for everyone as almost as hard as Sweet Pea ruins everything for everyone. I'm just saying that like uh, <coughs> Amber has this whole thing where like she's like this timid, shy one at the beginning. And then by, like, the end, she's the one that ends up grabbing the knife for them. Yes. So, like, she has this whole character arc of getting braver throughout the thing. Right. Too bad it led to nothing. Yeah, well. Movie has to movie, and movie fucking blows. Um, There's a, there's the song that plays, there's a rap song that I need to, I'm going to go back to my TV, because we rented the movie, because you can't stream it anywhere. And I'm going to rewind to that scene so I can Shazam the song because I don't remember what the song is. Maybe it's on the soundtrack. I might not have to. But the song is sick. And it ble- they blend it with uh, Queen. Two Queen songs. Which is super cool. Very fun to listen to. Um, and basically they want... Uh, they convince What's-Her-Face to uh, do her little dance for the uh mayor and you know to make a good impression for the brothel side and that's going to be able to basically they're going to fucking steal the lighter because of bullshit they're going to steal the lighter because of bullshit okay that's what's going to happen they're going to steal the lighter because of seduction like literal god level seduction like nat 20 every roll on seduction seduction so this is not god level seduction this, this is, is basically just, what they did, though. In the movie. Well, no. That's just who stole the lighter. Oh, you're talking and about... And she kissed his neck. Yes. You didn't do that. Sorry. Don't do that. Twitch will get mad. Um, the seduction is from Baby Doll. Oh, the dancing. Yes. Yeah. They literally... They just yada yada how anything happens in this movie. They... Li- like, the definition of yada yada the movie. The only functional plot device is to yada yada. That's crazy. Um, so they, they have to get the lighter, and the dream sequence is dropping into a courtyard, killing orcs, and then... Murdering a murdering poor a baby, baby dragon. dragon. <laughs> murdering a baby dragon. Reaching into his throat and pulling out two rocks and then hitting them together. Uh, and don't wake the mother. And they wake the mother immediately. And then they kill the and then they kill the mother. It's not great. You don't feel good about it. It's like, you want to feel good for the protagonist doing cool shit, but this time you don't. This time you don't feel good about it because you're like, I wish that dragon was not dead, and I also wish that the mama dragon didn't wake up and also is not dead. This all sucks. Uh, so that happens. They steal the lighter. Haha, <laughs> great, we did it. Um, that also- dragon also... Ki- I'm sorry, go ahead. I also feel 100% worse about the dragon dying than the rest of the deaths in this movie. And there are a lot. Uh, The dragon killed one of the many Wilhelm brothers, which I thought was funny. Um, We also, we come out of this dance to, like, even grander reaction. Like, Blue, Oscar Isaac, the bad guy, is, like, crying at how good the dance is. Right? And the mayor has smoked his cigar three quarters of the way down and the rest of it is still just ash hanging on the end. Because he hasn't moved. Isn't how cigars work, by the way, but it is a funny haha gag. So I get it, but that's not how cigars work. Um, and somehow no one was caught stealing the lighter. It's incredible. Uh, Oscar Isaac gets mad, gets really mad, goes in and roughs up Blondie. Yes. Roughs up Blondie. And I thought to myself, you know, even for this being a dissociated non-reality, Blue is a terrible pimp. Because you don't break the merchandise on your shelves. If you're trying to sell it. That's why pimps slap hoes. Because that doesn't break the merchandise. He did throw Blondie. like He smashed her, her head into the mirror. Yeah. That's not a good pimp. That's a bad pimp. He's not a good pimp. He sucks at being a villain. You know how shitty that is? 
that they wrote him to be this multi-layered villain and he's bad at all versions of it? Like, it, it, nothing is even executed well from anyone. Everyone is bad at everything they do, including the bad guys. It's crazy. The movie's so bad, it infected the characters. They're all terrible. Some people have excuses for being terrible, and it's not to be taken lightly. It's called trauma. But the bad guys? Come on! You gotta be competent to be bad. Not true. Draken. Will you... <laughs> <laughs> Where does Draken's money come from? We never know. Turns out Draken, Elon Musk just blew. So. <laughs> I need to drink my deathly poison. Holy shit, that was funny. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we're not, we're talking Dude, about Sucker Punch. I, I, I tickled my funny bone with that one. That shit was funny as hell. Um, oh my God. I just made a note that said Sweet Pea sucks, but I've said that a thousand times, so I don't know why. Because um, she tries oh, to cancel the plan. Oh, right, because she tries to cancel the plan. Uh, and there's a fight, and there's a bunch of infighting that doesn't result in anything besides making Blondie more stressed out. Blondie has like a fucking and breakdown. Now, and now it's the time for the third act where everything has to go even more wrong uh, because that's how third acts work. If you have a third act that doesn't go wrong, you bamboozle the audience. You do every time, I promise you. I mean, you got the hero's journey and it's got to do the thing, so. We don't have a hero's journey in this movie. No. Yes, you do. A bit, no. I'm not going to spend time pulling out my English class for the podcast when we're already <laughs> halfway through and you still got notes to go. Yeah. So let's let's work through that and I can school you afterwards. I don't want to go to school. I'm done with that. Um, so the third act, everything goes wrong. Uh, Blondie has to get the music cart, basically, so that they can go and steal the knife from the chef uh, using the same game plan as previously intended. Um, so, Blondie is going to grab the uh, the cart and just straight up has a mental breakdown. Just, just straight up has a mental breakdown. You can't blame her. She's been through a lot of terrible stress. And who, do we, who even knows who even knows what's happening to her person in the base layer of reality for this movie because we don't get to re interact with anyone in the base layer of this movie. Literally no one. As a matter of fact, all of the other main characters in the movie simply don't interact in that we can see with Baby Doll for the whole movie. We are left to assume that they do because dissociated reality. But we literally don't see that happen at all. Um, Bloody has a breakdown. Wants to talk to Carla. Gugino, who is like their mentor, kind of, in a weird way. Uh, doesn't. Doesn't. And then Oscar Isaac shows up and you just know that, oh, well, she fucking narked on everyone. That's terrible. Um, in the meantime, at the same time, the play is still good to go on. Uh, they use a little desk radio <clears throat> that's in the kitchen to seduce the chef. And in I have two notes back to back. Unnecessary violence toward potatoes and then unnecessary violence toward my eyes for making me look at the chef's fat ass hit the seat. Uh, because both of those shots are hilarious that they existed and also I didn't need them to. Uh, the plot device here is that the radio has a stripped wire with exposed metal, uh, and now it is on the floor of the kitchen, 
next to the drain where the water from the potato violence is leaking towards, which is going to cause a problem. Because, obviously, right? So, the... We have another fucking fight, fight scene, and I don't remember what happens in this one. Which one is this one? Train. The train, that's right. Train with the robots. Now, I did... I did make a note that says the stakes don't exist in a world where everything is in your mind, which is only in this instance, not true. Yep. (laughs) Which is uh, funny that I made the note and then, of course, it went wrong. Uh, The movie was like, I see you. I see what you've written there, you silly bitch. There's been a movie that did that to me one time. Like, I literally wrote a note, and two seconds later, something happened, and I was like, oh, well, fuck me, I guess. That's happened to both of us before on this show. Um, So they're on the train. Uh, The mission for this time is to get the bomb, deactivate the bomb, get it off the train before it reaches the city. Yeah. Uh, You also have to fight, he said, three to four dozen robots. So something like 36 to 40. 40 some odd, 48 robots. Uh, so they go in, just the three of them, because Blondie's not there. And Amber's got to uh, drive the helicopter. And Amber's driving the helicopter. Uh, and so they work their way through most of it. They do get roughed up a little bit more than they have on previous engagements. Uh, Rocket which is like, especially gets several Rocket gets hits. hit. Rocket gets hit a lot. And you know who doesn't get hit? Sweet Pea. And you know who deserves it more? Sweet Pea. I would have rather Rocket lived and Sweet Pea died. Yeah. Yeah. So, a bunch of shit goes wrong. They don't all the way kill a robot. Uh, Jenna Malone's jetpack is crunched a little bit, so it doesn't work. The robot, instead of fighting, as all the other robots have been, springs up and reactivates the bomb, which doesn't make sense, because... The robot's parameters would have had to have changed, and we're not shown that. Nitpicky, whatever. Reactivates the bomb with an override. Uh, they quickly determine that there's no way to get everybody off the train. Baby doll's already off the train. It's just down to the sisters. Uh, there's some empty, sweet dialogue. And... Uh, then they just have to leave Jenna Malone there with the bomb. Uh, but that's fine, right? Because this is a dream. No! As a matter of fact, the sparks from the radio, because no one's paying attention to how they set this up, which, you know, I would think in a heist portion of a movie, you ought to do. I mean, originally the plan <sighs> was to bring her actual music in on the cart, and then Blondie didn't do that. Yeah. So. I mean, listen, everyone in this movie is a bad guy, except. No, everyone's the bad guy. Baby doll is um, not a bad guy. I can't think of a reason why she would be, but she's not a good guy. <laughs> uh, she gets all of her friends killed. And then gets lobotomized. And then the movie ends. So. She's not a good guy. She's just the protagonist. Um. Blah, blah, blah. She, she gets stabbed. The chef fucking stabs her. As they steal, as they steal the knife, the chef fucking stabs her. Right. Horrible. It's a knife wound, uh, right here, in the ribs. Um, I could get real nitpicky because I took a knife fighting class and learned a bunch about it, but it's been a long time. So I'm not going to say shit about it other than she dies a little fast for how little blood there is. I don't think they could show the blood if I'm being honest. No, it's a PG-13 movie. They definitely couldn't show the blood. Um, So she dies immediately and then we uh, cut to the night. The high roller is going to be there and bing, bang, boom, surprise, the high roller is John Hamm. And we go, oh! know who John Hamm is. That's great. I love that guy. He's a bad guy too. Um, buh, 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 buh. And then Oscar Isaac goes backstage and he's like, I want to say a few words. And I went, oh fuck. 
Blondie fucked us all up. This is going to be a bad time. And sure as shit, uh, due to Blondie fucking it all up, but also Sweet Pea fucking it all up, um, everyone dies. Except Sweet Pea, who gets put in a closet. For reasons. Oh no, she gets put in the closet slightly before this. I apologize. Yeah, after she's like freaking yeah, out. Yeah, she about loses her it because sister. her sister dies, understandably. And uh, the, 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 uh, yeah, they put her in a closet, like isolation or what have you. Uh, and so then Oscar Isaac grabs his henchman's gun, straight up kills Jimmy Chung. Uh, Amber and Blondie. Kills Amber. And Blondie. Kills Blondie. Attacks yeah. the doctor slash... Uh, st- chokes and hits the doctor. And then has her escorted away. Yeah, has her escorted away. So now uh, all you have is Baby Doll. Um, Which is how he wants it. All right, because he's a creep and he's the bad guy for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Tries to assault Baby Doll. <clears throat> I said, man, Zach, you wrote a fucked up movie. Uh, as soon as Blondie gets shot, I said, see, Blondie, that's what happens to narcs. And then he immediately after I wrote that note said, uh, we don't like we don't snitches, like snitches. <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Um, he also didn't give the gun back to the henchman he took it from, which I thought was funny. He was just like, like I don't like he guns. takes it from one guy straight up kills two people with it and then like dangles it daintily from his fingers and goes, I don't like guns and hands it to his other henchman. And I was like, you could give it back to the guy you took it from. I mean. Whatever. Uh, <clears throat> there's a monologue uh, while he's assaulting Baby Doll. Uh, smashes her against a mirror. She gets a hold of the knife and stabs him right here. And for the second time in this movie, I say to myself and out loud, that's not a fatal knife wound. Also, like, Baby Doll should have learned from her mistakes. Dude, double and tap. And just kill him. Double tap. All day, double tap. Or, incapa- like, if you're seriously like, I don't want to do, like, I don't want to murder, fine. Slices Achilles tendon. Walk out. All done. Okay. You have four tendons. Here's a knife fighting thing for my class, just real quick. Four tendons you cut to completely incapacitate somebody. Two Achilles tendons, right behind the ankle, real easy to spot. They're big on everybody. And they're right there, right at the surface. Quick slice, they can't walk anymore. Got it? Got it? Good. The other two? Right here. Right on top of the shoulder. They live on top of that muscle. You do this, arms no grabby. Hands no grabby no more. All your grabby, these tendons, donezo. That's what we learned in self-defending from someone who has a gun. Cut this tendon, they can't squeeze the trigger. Can't shoot a gun if you can't squeeze the trigger. Get him. Like, she doesn't commit to a bit, ever. She's like a robot. She just doesn't do anything, ever. I think someone made that comment earlier. <clears throat> yeah, that was made, that was talked about. Um, uh, nothing is real, everything is imaginary. This movie kind of sucks. Uh, and then she gets a lobotomy. So, after that, after she stabs him, she bails, steals his key, Finds the closet, rescues Sweet Pea. Sweet Pea goes, where's everyone? And she goes, it's just us. Uh, and everyone's like sobbing, crying, of course. Uh, they lob a Molotov. Where'd they get a three-quarters empty bottle of booze? I don't know. They showed it. It was in the dressing room. Ah, cool. Missed that part. Um, Molotov, the closet she was in. Uh, and then they basically execute the rest of the plan flawlessly, which is wait for the fire alarm to kick off. That will open all of the checkpoint exits. You sneak out, you escape, right? Now, all of this happens in our tier two reality. All of it happens in tier two reality, right? It looks a lot more like tier one reality as were. It does. Now, that's also a thing, is throughout the movie, the first time you actually realize that there's a second reality where we're in this, like, dancey, ditzy club is the first shot of it, where everything is shiny. Oscar Isaac has a sick mustache, and he's not... He's He looks slick. He looks like a gangster. 
and everything looks really shiny and lovely, right? From that point, tier two reality deteriorates for the rest of the movie back towards the asylum, but not all the way there, just mostly. Baby doll gets to keep her clothes. Yeah, so she looks out of place at all times. Um, we're still in tier two reality, though, because mm -hmm. we're still in the club, and we've done the alarm, the fire, we get out towards the front of the building where there are a bunch of dudes who are ambiguous, don't have any relation to anything at all whatsoever. We don't really know who they are. Even, like, in any reality, we don't know no, who they are. We have no are. idea who these people are. And immediately, with no thought, no hesitation, no, let's take a beat and look at our options here, Baby Doll goes... There's only one way this ends. I'm sacrificing myself for you to escape. Because there were five things. She's the fifth thing. I would forgive this movie all its sins. If Baby Doll gives herself up, gets lobotomized, and her conscience comes back for one shining moment before he fades off into obscurity because she's not a real person anymore, as she's her brain's been stirred into mush. Uh... If he comes back and he goes, you weren't the fifth thing. The fifth thing was a gun I left outside the asylum. What the fuck? Whew, gone. I'd forgive the movie immediately. <laughs> I'd forgive the movie immediately. You know how satisfying that would be for me? To have like an actual ending to the movie? That'd be fucking incredible. No, no. I am denied that. I am denied any satisfaction from this movie. The worst character gets to escape. Baby doll commits to nothing. She walks out, these dudes go, where are you going? And she just straight kicks one in the nards and commits to getting punched in the face, I guess. I don't know what happens because they don't bother to show anything. From the moment they get outside, no thought happens. We're moving on instincts. And guess what? Our instincts are fucked. They're fucked from the get-go. There's not even a, let's look around to see if there's another way out of here. No, the only way out, of course, is through the front gates. The only way it's through the front gates is if I distract these guys who may or may not be bad, we don't know, and you walk around the other side and you escape and I commit to being here, I guess, question mark? We don't know what that holds. We don't know what the future holds at all. We're not paying attention to a goddamn thing. Maybe there's a chair or something. <laughs> like, maybe we can climb over the wall. Options are unlimited. And you know how I know? I've played the Hitman video games. You can get out of anywhere at any time using anything. It's incredible. Just look around. Just look around. Be creative. You know what they don't do? Any of those things. We don't get to see the heroine of the movie, who may be on heroin, escape. She doesn't get to survive. She martyrs herself. Then gets lobotomized in the real-life reality. And stops being a functional human. Would you like me to give you the mental health reasoning? No! Yeah, I'm going to anyways for podcast sake. <laughs> um, the idea of it being that Baby Doll realizes that she can't <laughs> actually escape her reality. She chooses to go to oblivion, quote-unquote, because she doesn't have anyone. She doesn't have nothing on the outside. There's nothing for her. Her sister's dead. Her mom is dead. What is she going to do? She's already so traumatized and has so much, and she killed her sister. Like, no way around that. Like, that's on her hands. Tragic. So, like, she, and then she's also responsible for, you're not wrong. She is semi-responsible for Rocket and Amber and Blondie's situation. We don't actually know if they die in the real world. We know Rocket does. Well, like I said earlier, while you were writing down your circle of the hero's journey that you're going to yell at me about later, um, we don't even know if she interacts with those people in real life. We can only assume she interacts with Sweet Pea because we see Sweet Pea in the real life reality get away. We... <clears throat> there's a lot of things that we can assume. Like, I most things are happening 
the way they happen. Because we see when Rocket gets stabbed, like, who's in the room. So we, like, you can assume that those people she knows in the Insane Asylum, too. Because Blondie would have had to have told the doctor and the orderly that what was going on. Like, there's a lot of things that did happen in Tier 2 reality that we can assume happened in Tier 1 reality. But the idea being that because of all the trauma she's gone through, she's basically choosing to... I mean, Sweet Pea still has a family. She still has parents to go to. She still has the ability to move forward. I don't think Baby Doll does. And I think that's... That's well, a the, noble effort. That's the grave sacrifice and the completion of her hero's journey is realizing that she can't save herself. She's already too far gone, but she can save somebody else. I think as a, from a viewer's perspective, from my viewer's perspective, because everyone's is different, you know. I've also seen um, this movie a lot more, so I've gotten to really pick it apart and like watch it multiple times and see things that you don't necessarily get to see on the first time. And I told you that from the beginning. I was like, I've had to watch this movie several times to like fully get a grasp on everything that's happening. The the concept of grand sacrifice in order to save someone with a better shot at the future or redemption or what have you is not something I'm unfamiliar with in movies. It happens a lot. People use it in writing. It's fine. Uh, it's not my favorite end to a movie, but I'm not going to knock it because there are ways to execute it really well. In this instance, it makes sense, but I still fucking hate it simply because it just feeds more into the cycle of everything is the grim dark. And it's made worse by the fact that the worst other character is the one who gets to live. For me. It's a me thing. I think in Baby, Do uh, Baby Doll's monologue, too, she says it to Sweet Pea. She's like, you're the only one that really had a shot at existing out of here. Because, like, Rocket... Which we only know specifically about Rocket and Sweet Pea. Because well, we don't know a damn thing about anyone else. And I also don't think anyone else. Rocket would have done very well. Like, say, no, probably not. Say the revolts were switched and Sweet Pea, like, was the one that stayed on the train and Rocket got out. I don't think Rocket would have done very well out in the real world. Maybe not, but she did want to go back to her mom and say, I'm sorry and I love you. Yeah, but how does she progress from that point when she was already troubled to begin with? Blah. So, like, I'm... I think Sweet Pea had... Was the most stable. Let's put it that way. Was the most mentally stable and mentally sound out of the group. Which is... It, that's stated because she didn't... It's stated in a, in a bit of dialogue between Jenna Malone and... Uh, Baby doll. Baby doll. Is that Rocket left and Sweet Pea chased her to try to keep her safe. Which is like, that's an older sibling thing to do. For sure. Get that. Um, being a dick for the rest of the movie? Unexplained. For the most part. Survival uh, mechanism. Coping mechanism. You build up armor to keep yourself safe. Yeah, but I don't... It just... I fucking hate it. This this is a movie where it is just relentless in its everything-is-terrible-ness. There is no hope. Now, even from the jump of, like, the plan, there's no hope in it. Because if you follow exactly what you said, and you, you know it, too, from the moment that the guy says there's got to be a grand sacrifice, you go, okay... Somebody got to die. And either one or two options happen because I write movies. Baby doll has to die to save the group. Or she has to pick between saving maybe herself and someone in the group or uh, two people in the group. She has to pick between one of them. Like all those options, options in the writer arsenal. But there's no room in any of the script for a hopeful moment because everything is so relentlessly bad 
even in the tier two reality, because as soon as you get to tier two reality, it deteriorates and it, it stops being glitzy and nice. And it just shrinks back into the shithole. That is the insane asylum. It's so bad situationally that you, you can't have room for a character to have hope because it is just bad. There is no escape. Especially when your first level of escapism is bad and it falls apart. Like, that's, that's so bad. Do you think, and this is a serious question, do you think that you would have an easier time relating to or connecting to this movie if you were not so neurotypical as far as mental illness goes? Probably. I, I think the audience for this movie is definitely people with traumatic past. But I also, as a filmmaker, even if I had an idea where I was like, oh, I want to write a film that like speaks directly to people with a traumatic past, because I don't have very much of that up here, it is never going to be my first goal to set out to write a movie with that audience in mind that is relentlessly dark. Because I feel that maybe with help from people who have that history, I can write something that is still relatable, but doesn't have a worst possible ending. Because in my eyes, this is easily a worst possible ending. As a viewer, it's the worst possible ending. Everyone succeeds in what they're trying to do for the most part. Except for, well, oops, everyone died. That's not great. But Baby Doll gets one person out. So she's accomplished her mission, right? Cool, great. All her other friends are dead. They didn't get to escape. There's always still something bad. Maybe Zack Snyder has like a traumatic past. I don't know. But I feel like you can write characters that are relatable and situations that are relatable without having to stay in a place of relentless darkness. Because the world is awful and the world is full of relentless darkness. But the world is much more vast than a movie is. It's much more vast than a script is. And if you look long and hard enough, there is going to be a point or place or person or thing where there can be a scrap of hope somewhere. Maybe we didn't get to live in this movie for long enough for there to be one. It is a very short movie. It's like it's like 90 minutes, right? an hour 50 but let's with credit so more like an yeah more yeah, like, like an hour 45 40 it there's just i'm not a fan because i can't relate to any character and i'm especially not a fan because i feel awful for those characters and all the awful things they've had to endure and it just ends in being awful which is a thing that happens in real life, and I hate it here too. Do you think you would enjoy this movie more if you weren't such an empath? Probably. If I didn't, re if I didn't feel deep things for imaginary people, probably. But it, like that happens to me with characters who have shreds of hope too, like fucking Zuko. I had a ton of empathy for him. And his life was also fucking terrible from the jump. Always having to chase. Always having to be a predator. Never having a time to just relax and be a normal person. Awful. What awful existence that is. It's not the same as what the fucking girls in this movie had to deal with. But it's just... I'm trying to think of another movie I've watched that's the same or has the same amount of relentless bad. And you know what? This is probably as we do a little psychoanalysis on me, 
this is probably a peek into why I can't watch a horror movie. Because horror movies are also cesspools of awful. Where you can't escape the bad. And villains in horror movies are also, you can't escape them. Michael Myers doesn't die. Didn't he just finally, officially die? After like 30 years and 7 movies. I don't actually But up until that point, you could do anything to him and he would come back relentlessly. Where is the hope there? Laurie Strode didn't have hope for the whole time. I don't understand how they made seven movies out of the fucking thing. That's crazy. Settings where there can be no good things do not a good story make. Or are they just not a good story for you? Definitely not a good story for me, but try as I might, I cannot come up with a way that it would be for me. I I cannot find a way in which such horrible circumstances would make for a story where I go, I would watch this again. I'll give it a try the first time, but I'm going to do the same thing I did with this movie, where it starts bad, it just stays that way, and it stays that way and stays that way and stays that way, and the heroes are never all the way successful, and it's just, why watch it? Why put myself through living a nightmare to have a bad ending? If you can convince me a lobotomy is a good thing, I'll watch the movie a second time. Until then, this is City Wave Cinema. <laughs> and also therapy. Apparently. Um, <laughs> we are going to be watching either Spirited Away or Dune. There was a tie in the live vote, so we'll decide on that, and then we'll watch the next one next time. Um, so please enjoy yourself. Again, apologize for the sporadicness of the uploads. I'm just going to keep apologizing till they're not sporadic anymore. And we will see you or hear you listen to you. We're not going to listen to you say shit. You listen to us because it's better. Soon. <laughs> Love you guys.